I'm Peter Solomon. You're listening to Jazz 88. A few weeks ago, the Star Tribune published a story on a notorious Prohibition-era gangster named Kid Can, real name Isidore Blumenfeld. He's thought to be responsible for the 1935 assassination of journalist Walter Liggett. I caught up with the reporter that wrote the story for Curious Minnesota. Andy Mannix, the Minneapolis policing reporter from the Star Tribune, joins me. Hi, Andy. Hey, Peter. My first question to you is, can you tell me a little bit about Isidore Blumenfeld? And how did he figure into the political and criminal worlds of the 1930s in the Twin Cities? Blumenfeld was a a Jewish immigrant, uh, moved here with his family from Romania in 1900. Uh, Like a lot of immigrants, came through Duluth, ended up in North Minneapolis. He grew up poor, sort of on the streets, uh, had a, a difficult life. You know, then a, a fellow Minnesotan uh, by the name of Olstead passes this Prohibition Act criminalizing booze right around around the time that Is- Isidore Blumenfield is coming of age. He was part of a extremely successful Prohibition era booze ring selling alcohol to people in the Twin Cities. You know, I think he was quite responsible for keeping the Twin Cities wet during Prohibition. Uh, he would run booze from Canada to New Orleans, back back to Minneapolis. At one point, he was flying in rum from Cuba. And he made millions of dollars. And, you know, when you're talking about the 1920s, someone who came from nothing, it's it's a pretty remarkable story, I think. You know, I, I, I came across in, in my research and talking to, to people who have, uh, you know, studied him, uh, all kinds of stories about, like, if you're, you know, your daughter was getting married and you wanted champagne, you'd have to go to Kid Can. He was extremely successful. And then after pro, you know, by the time prohibition ended, he was more like a boss in the criminal underworld. He continued to operate illicitly. He had a a club on Nicolette Avenue, changed names a few times. It was called the Flame Cafe that he operated out of. And he had control over who got liquor licenses. He had control over, you know, bribes in City Hall. This was a time where it was really just how business was done in in, in City Hall. There was a lot of corruption, a lot of bribery. If you wanted an inspector, you know, a health inspector to go away, Kid Can could do that for you. His influence obviously extended beyond just the municipal level. Was he in cahoots with the governor of Minnesota as well? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, and and one that I tried to answer, and it's it's kind of an open question. So Kid Can was charged or suspected in several crimes, and and he usually skated. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time in jail, whether it be for bootlegging or for shooting somebody on Nicollet Avenue, uh, leaving that person paralyzed and eventually died. He wasn't charged for that. There was a shooting that he was involved in where two Minneapolis police patrolmen were shot. He was charged for that one, and then, and then it was dropped. The Hennepin County attorney at the time was Floyd B. Olson, who went on to be governor of Minnesota, and his ties to Floyd B. Olson became of immense interest to a journalist, Walter Liggett. Liggett reported that they were in, in cahoots, that Floyd B. Olson, who was, you know, he he's still, a, in, in his own way, a famous figure here in Minneapolis, you have Olson Memorial Highway named after him. He kind of brought the Farmer Labor Party in, into the mainstream here in, in Minnesota. So Walter Liggett, you know, making these allegations that 
people like Kid Can had a business relationship with Floyd B. Olson was something that was going to ruffle a lot of feathers in, in political circles. Can you describe the circumstances of Liggett's assassination? So Walter Liggett was assassinated on a very cold night in 1935 in December uh, outside an, the alley of his apartment building in the Stevens Square area of Minneapolis. He had just parked his car. He had his wife and 10-year-old daughter in the vehicle with them. He got out. He was carrying some. They just gone to the grocery store. He saw a, another vehicle that pulled up and raised some kind of red flag with him where he motioned for his, his daughter and, and his wife to stay in the car while he, while he checked it out. And suddenly out of this car comes a, a hand wielding a Tommy gun and shoots him five times uh, a professional hit, you know, just a tight circle around his heart. And he dies right there in, in the alley with his, his wife and, and daughter standing over him. Edith Liggett, uh, Walter's wife, and another witness said to the police that night, Kid Can. It was Kid Can. Kid Can is the person who fired the gun. So he was, Kid Can was immediately named as a suspect. I mean, like the next day in the newspapers, he was named as a suspect. And Kid Can said, I've got an airtight alibi. That's how he put it. And that is, he was at a barber shop in downtown Minneapolis at the time, you know, getting his, his weekly shave, basically. And he says there's a bunch of witnesses that can attest to the fact that it was not me. How did they ultimately connect him to it? Did they witness him there, or how did they finger him? Edith Liggett says, I will never forget the snarling smile of Kid Can as he was firing. So she told police that night she saw Kid Can fire. And again, there was another, there were a couple other witnesses who also said that they saw Kid Can fire the gun. So that's interesting that he was he was actually fingered in the assassination. That was not typical, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, it was, it's a dangerous thing, I think, to finger a notorious figure like Kid Can uh, and, and to testify to it. But, you know, the Liggetts were fearless, I think. Edith Liggett was writing a lot of these, these same news articles in her in the American Mid Midwestern about Kid Can, j just like her husband. In fact, Walter Liggett, uh, six months or so before he was killed, was beaten up by a group of people that, according to Edith Liggett, were led by Kid Can, you know, who, who beat him up because they tried to bribe him. So she was already kind of outing him. A few months later, Walter Liggett was uh, charged with a sexual abuse charge, like a statutory sex charge. And Edith and Walter Liggett were, were writing in, in the American Midwestern that this was a frame up by the very politicians and, and powerful people in the criminal underworld who they were writing about. He was ultimately found not guilty of that. And that was just weeks before his death. So the narrative that that people were reading in, in the newspaper, uh, the American Midwestern was these people in the legitimate and illegitimate world are going after their family with, with, with everything they got. And when they couldn't stop him through through bribes to the criminal justice system, they murdered him. How did the trial come out? 
he was charged, he was tried, and he was ultimately found not guilty by the jury. It was a huge trial. There was reporters from all over the world covering it, covering the eyewitness testimony, covering Kant saying he had this alibi. And at the end, it took 90 minutes for the jury to find him not guilty. And there's a picture uh, on, I can't remember if it's the Minneapolis Star or Tribune the next day of Kid Can in this sort of dapper three-piece suit, uh, kissing the hands of the female jurors who had just acquitted him. So this was a huge victory for Kid Can. It also really solidified his legend as Minneapolis's top gangster. He had just, in the eyes of many, gotten away with murder. Now there's still dispute over whether or not it was him. You know, I mean, I mean the jury found him not guilty. Many people didn't believe it. Paul Maccabee is, is the guy I interviewed for the story. He wrote a book on, on the Minneapolis gangster scene. He, he's, I think, the expert on, on Kid Can. He says, I don't think Kid Can did it because he wasn't a shooter. He wasn't a gunman. He would order people to shoot people. You know, there were so many kind of professional hitmen around the city those days. It doesn't make sense he would do it. It was dark. Who knows if she saw him? Maybe she was already expecting it to be him and she saw him. Who knows? So there is still a lot of debate over who killed Walter Liggett. No one was ever ultimately convicted of it. Kid Can was the only one ever tried for it and, again, found by a jury to be not guilty. He did spend some time in jail eventually, though, didn't he? Yeah. So this, you know, these days you, you would think if, if someone was tried and even found not guilty for killing a journalist, there, there'd be a black mark on that person. But uh, Kid Can, you know, went on and, and kept doing business. He, he was involved in for example, a very famous story about the fraud related to our rail car system. Minneapolis had this one of the best rail car systems, you know, for public transportation in the country. A bunch of people buy it and essentially dismantle it, and they're charged for this sort of kickback scheme where where they were uh, selling parts of this for for really low prices, but then getting kickbacks. Uh, Kid Can was involved in that. Bunch of indictments come down. Kid Can skates on that one again. Continues to be this this very prominent figure in, in in Minneapolis until he is convicted for what was what was called the uh, White Slave Act of 1910. And this was basically he had there was a a prostitute he had a fondness for in Chicago, and he'd hire her to come to Minneapolis and spend time with him. And because that that involved moving across state lines because he was paying her for her time. Uh, he was essentially charged with, I guess you could think of it, it's, it's not sex trafficking, but sort of a form of sex trafficking that was under the law considered to be uh, slavery. So this was probably not the most egregious crime Kid Can ever committed, but you know, a lot of people, even at the time, compared it to Capone, you know, going down for for tax evasion. I think he served about three and a half years in prison for that. But when he got out, he said, I'm done with Minnesota. Uh, there was a big headline in one of the local papers that said, Kid Can sells out. He says to these reporters, I'm, you know, I'm done. You know, this whole town just just blames Kid Can for everything. I'm a legitimate businessman. Uh, so I'm getting out of here and I'm not doing any more deals for money, et cetera. A few years later, the Miami Herald does a great investigative piece that, that I was able to dig up as part of this research showing he 
and some of his cohorts from from Minneapolis, which which by the way they called themselves the Minneapolis Syndicate, or at least that's what the papers called them. They were all involved in these enormous land deals uh, on the coast of Miami Beach. They basically built Miami Beach. He was Kid Can was the richest landowner or owned the the most amount of land uh, over there on Miami Beach, and he was in cahoots on that one with a guy named Myra Lansky, another Jewish gangster considered to be the most famous uh, mafia member who who wasn't uh, of Italian descent. So it worked out pretty well for him. You know, he, he didn't go to prison for that either. He died at the age of 81 in Miami Beach, presumably an extremely wealthy man. So if someone has a question, um, you know, about crime or otherwise, uh, how do they go about um, sending that to uh, Curious Minnesota? Yeah, just go to our website. Uh, there, there's a section there for, for Curious Minnesota you, you'll find uh, on our homepage. Um, you can also just Google Star Tribune Curious Minnesota, and there's a way to submit it. There's a way just to submit a question. We ask that, that you have your name and contact information. I don't think you have to. But sometimes we'll we'll call the person who asked the question to to learn more about what they're looking for, and basically we'll send a reporter out and, and do our best to answer it. And and this has led to some very very interesting uh, stories about about Minneapolis or Minnesota history. It's not just Minneapolis, and and sort of how we got to where we are today. Andy Mannix is Minneapolis policing reporter for the Star Tribune. Andy, I want to thank you for talking about this fascinating story about Kid Can and Walter Liggett. Thanks so much for having me.